You're listening to Together by AGCI. I'm Marissa Butterworth. Today, I'm talking with Angeline Salyer, AGCI's Ethiopia Program Director. Angeline moved to Ethiopia this past summer to assist in opening the AGCI and Tim Tebow Foundation House of Hope in the capital city of Addis Ababa. In late September, I had the chance to connect with her while she was in Ethiopia, and today you get to hear more about the home, why we opened it, who it serves, and how we think that this home and model of care will bring hope and healing to vulnerable children and families all around the world. Now, if you've been following the news, you've seen that Ethiopia is at war and has declared a state of emergency. It is not currently safe for our U.S. team to travel to Ethiopia. Right now, I'd like to ask you to please keep our Ethiopian team and their families, the precious girls that they're caring for and advocating for at the House of Hope, all the kids and families in our educational sponsorship program, and everyone affected by this conflict in your daily prayers. Now, on to Angeline and some good news from the House of Hope in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. Angeline, thank you so much for jumping on a call with me today. You are coming to us live from Ethiopia, which is a modern miracle because the Wi-Fi is actually working in Ethiopia. And it means seriously so much to me that you would um, take the time this evening where you are um, to jump on a call with me and chat about all that you've been up to. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Marissa. What a joy it is to be able to join from here and that the time difference allows this to happen. And I'm just, I'm honored to be here and get to share more with you about what's going on. So thanks for having me. Well, thank you. I feel so seriously, I love talking to you about this. And I always appreciate that you're so willing to um, fill us all in. So in case someone missed our previous episode about Ethiopia, if you did, first of all, stop here And go back, find the episode and listen to that one first, because you might feel like you missed something otherwise. Um, But you are in Ethiopia and um, specific, I can't even talk, specifically working on something called the House of Hope for the last three and a half months of your life. You've been kind of flying back and forth. Isn't that right? Three and a half months. Yeah, yeah, it just kind of hit me today or this week when I was thinking I had been here for two and a half months and then I um, realized I couldn't do math <laughs> and it had been three and a half months. So yeah, I got here in the middle of June and we um, started the the process of launching this new home and um, now we're almost into October, which just feels which just feels super surreal, but in the best way, of course. Yes, I can't even believe it. Can you quickly fill us in on what you and our AGCI Ethiopia team have been up to over there? Yeah, of course. Um, like I said, arrived here in the middle of June. However, this home has really been um, a work in progress for the last two years. We. Um, did a needs assessment uh, in about, I think it was May of 2019, to really consider and think about, uh, intentionally think about how we can expand our work in Ethiopia. And um, the issues that really became um, really prominent to us were the issues primarily of girls who are living on the streets separated from families or in institutions who have living family members but for various reasons are unable to live with them. And so we um, did a needs assessment and 
um, thought that this was where God was leading us in expanding our initiatives in Ethiopia. And so we prepped and planned for about two years. And when I got here in June, the house, we had already found the home. Um, and we really just uh, had to finalize those last couple months of hiring our new staff, um, training our new staff, getting the home furnished, um, finalizing programming, all just the details of what goes into launching a, a home, which sounds funny to try to, you know, summarize it in a couple sentences, but uh, it, it's been an honor to be here and to work alongside of our staff to, to really see this come to fruition. It's been such a joy. And it really, like, it's funny you're doing it in a sound bite, but I know it was way more work than even all of that. Like, all the time that you've all poured into this has been uh, just incredible to watch, like, kind of from afar and see how this has come together. And really how God has, like, kind of orchestrated some incredible things um, to make this actually come to fruition at this point, which through COVID especially has been, like— even more miraculous. But, you know, I think I've seen like God's timing in all this. So it's been cool to watch, even though it slowed down a little bit there for a bit. Um, so you don't have to go into all the ins and outs um, of this, but how do girls um, end up coming into the House of Hope? Like what are their ages typically? I know there's some, uh, there are some different variables there. And then, um, like, can you talk at all about what some of them, like, in general, have lived through? Yeah, of course. So uh, primarily the House of Hope will, will serve girls ages 8 to 18 or 8 to 17 about. Okay. Um, girls who are currently residing um, in Addis Ababa. There's an estimated around 600,000 uh, children living on the streets throughout Ethiopia, and about 100,000 of them are estimated to be living in Addis alone. And how these girls get here or how these kids get here is um, various reasons, but um, mostly due to um, poverty uh, in the countryside and um, family members just um, sending girls into the city out of desperation. Um, they, they have an assumption that uh, there's work in the city for children. And so, and often girls are the last in their family to receive an education. And so often girls are sent into the city um, to find work, and many of them either uh, wind up living on the streets uh, or as house servants, um, sometimes even married off very young. Um, uh, and, you know, there's just obviously a lot of trauma that's that goes into each of those situations. And so you have this huge population of kids. And what I kind of refer to the girls living on the streets or um, in these situations as the invisible uh, children of Ethiopia, because oftentimes when you're driving through the city, you might see all the street boys, which is, of course, um, its own situation. But girls are so vulnerable in so many ways, and they're often kind of the invisible faces because they're um, in um, domestic situations that um, are, you know, they're they're uh, just honestly experiencing so much trauma in so many ways, either. Um, uh, you know, by their, by, you know, being home servants and being, you know, abused physically, uh, mentally, emotionally, um, winding up on the streets. Um, even some of the girls that we're seeing now come into the home have actually spent some time living at one of the government institutions. Hmm. And again, these girls have living family, but when they get picked up by the police, there's no reunification services provided by the government. And so the option is for them to uh, 
live in an institution, a government institution. And um, so what we found is that a couple of the girls even that we're serving now have been in government institutions for longer than a year, um, which is just obviously um, horrible. So uh, yeah, that's that's kind of the, the backstory of, of what the situation can be for girls on um, the streets and why we've decided to, to intervene with this population. Mm. That's amazing and heartbreaking. And I'm so glad that we're, we've been able to get in there and start offering these services where there were none before. And um, will you share um, with us what happens after the girls end up entering the home? What, what services do we offer at that point in the House of Hope? Yeah, so I mean, primarily our goal is to really provide a safe environment for these girls to heal and to prepare to re-enter family care. There's a lot that goes into that, of course. Um, it's a very holistic program in which we're providing psychosocial support, education, counseling, um, family-like care. And we're also working with the family to prepare the family for reintegration as well, because a lot of times, like I said, the family is just unaware of the trauma that their children might face coming into the city. And so we want to ensure that the family is well prepared to understand what might have happened or what did happen to their children um, when they were separated. And um, like I said, some of them have been separated for years. And so we want to make sure that we're training the family as well as the children on um, understanding trauma, um, understanding how to best reconnect with children, um, you know, providing as much education uh, to communities as well around preventing this from happening uh, all over Ethiopia. And so basically we're, we're kind of trying to, trying to not only heal kids from the trauma that they face, but provide them with the love and care and they need to be able to reenter. Are you there? I think I just lost you a little bit. Shoot. I'm sorry. Can you just can you hear me say, now? yes, I can. Um, we're coming at you live from Ethiopia, so <laughs> bear with us because the Wi-Fi there is always a miracle. But I think we got most of that, Angeline, and um, it's just incredible to watch from afar. And I know I've just been praying so much for those girls. Uh, as a mom that brought her daughter home from Ethiopia through AGCI, it was uh, about Oh, gosh, we're coming up on almost nine years ago. I've always held that Ethiopian team um, that was at Hannah's Hope, our old AGCI home, um, when we were able to do adoptions in Ethiopia. I've always held that team in such high regard um, because they really, like, took care of my my daughter and not just like care of her, like they loved her so much. Um, and they gave our family such a huge gift when she came home because she was able uh, to attach to us so much faster because she had attached to them. And it was something that I talk about a lot, but that I thanked them for, like you gave us the most incredible gift. Will you tell everyone about who is now working at the House of Hope? Um, because I know the answer, but no one else does. And I'm so excited for you to tell us. <laughs> this is one of my favorite pieces of the home and the work that we're doing in Ethiopia is, like you said, we had such an incredible staff at Hannah's Hope. 
And we actually have seven returning staff um, from Hannah's Hope, as well as our current staff, all of our staff, all of our current staff before we launched House of Hope have been with AGCI for over 10 years. They were all around during that adoption phase. And we had, like you said, a number of staff at that home. Um, and now we have seven returning staff. So that's, um, we have three of our returning caregivers. Uh, we have our um, one of our returning cooks, uh, Danny, who was, um, who was really involved in, um, you know, just working with the families day to day and driving. And now he's our family searcher. We just, we have such an incredible staff uh, that, that have returned and it just has made this whole team dynamic. So just easy. I mean, we know that there's going to be so many difficulties down the road, but to know that this team is already so well connected, they have such a great relationship already. Um, we trust them entirely and we are already seeing incredible work um, in the lives of the girls that we're serving at the home because we have such a phenomenal staff and it's just been such a joy. I can, I can just, one memory I'll keep with me forever is being here during the staff training a few months ago and the moment of that, um, that everybody was, there was a big reunion and, you know, we had team members who hadn't seen each other in years and there were tears and there was joy and laughter and that excitement has honestly just continued every day and it's so inspiring and it just makes um makes the work that much more incredible i love it my gosh i love it so much and i wish i was like fly on the wall for that to see them come back together and um be working on this project together and there i should mention you kind of alluded to it but it's our same core staff that were there basically um when everyone was adopting so it's that same team that's been caring for people in ethiopia all along that's that is there doing the same work right now which i think is just incredible so when adoption closed in ethiopia they didn't lose all of their jobs there were definitely people that um, we had to lay off because we didn't have a home anymore, um, but they continued their work serving the Ethiopian people and children and families, which is just incredible. So why, um, you've kind of talked a little bit about it, but why is a home like this of its kind so important? And what uh, are the long-term goals um, really for Ethiopia and the entire continent of Africa, like, can you speak into that? How, how are we planning on opening more homes? Are we, um, you know, what does this look like? Is Ethiopia partnering with us? What are the what are the goals and plans for this as we move into the future? Uh, wow, I could talk, <laughs> I could talk for a long time about each of those um, aspects of this home, but I mean. Really, like I kind of mentioned, this home is so important because these are the most vulnerable children in Ethiopia. They, um, they're they separated from family uh, and living on the streets or in institutions without the support and resources they need to get back home. And many of them, like I said, have undergone such severe trauma. Um, we know that 50% of youth living on the streets in Ethiopia have reported suffering either physical or sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. And those numbers are staggering. We also know that less than 1% of orphan children in Addis Ababa are children who uh, 
don't have a living family member or family to take care of them are united with a local adoptive family each year. Their mm -hmm. domestic adoption just hasn't um, uh, taken, uh, it hasn't become as big as it needs to be here in Ethiopia. Yeah. We also know that um, adolescents living on the streets in Ethiopia are about 10 times more likely to contract HIV. And so there's all these different factors that come into play once children enter the streets and there's not enough support right now. Uh, there's not, and that's not to blame the government. There's just not a lot of resources. There's not a lot of funding. There's, there's not a lot of support needed to, to help this population. And so we saw this as an area where we could really intervene, um, bringing in the trauma-informed lens that we can bring in, training our staff in trauma-informed care and in TBRI, and um, really focusing on the healing aspects of all that it takes to heal children from this, because we know that a lot of programs around the world um, who reunify the, you know, the work is, is difficult, but, you know, that, you know, reunification, people try to do it and um, all in good faith, but a lot of times it fails because there's not enough holistic work being done to help children heal from the trauma and to help prepare families for that reintegration in communities. And so AGCI's approach to that was, um, really just providing a new model for intervening for children who have been separated from families. And then, you know, on the other side of that, equipping local leaders to scale this model to transform thousands of children across the country. So our long-term goal would, I mean, I can't say exactly what's going to happen in the next five to 10 years, but really with AGCI's longstanding relationship with the government, um, we have a, you know, a really trusting relationship with them. We've proven ourselves to be effective in the work that we do and, um, we feel that we can make a difference. And so we would love to not only expand to reach more children, um, potentially open up more homes down the road and prove this model is effective, but also go deeper in that policy level and um, create policies that equip local leaders to replicate this model hmm. and expand our reach to, to thousands of children. And on top of that, training local leaders and government leaders in trauma-informed care so that every policy that's created long-term for children is rooted in is this trauma-informed care lens. And so we have big goals, <laughs> we have big dreams, but I think that with AGCI's longstanding relationships here with our local staff, um, who are actually, these are the people that are doing this work day in and day out. I will, I will say that. And I know you agree, Marissa, yes. these are the people that just are doing this hard work all the time. I'm just, <laughs> I get to be a support system, which I'm grateful for, but um, these people who commit their lives to this, like these are the people that are going to create this long-term change. And I think we have a lot of hopes, but we also think that all of this is possible through, um, yeah, through this work. So we're it really is. excited. And that team, we all know, is the best of the best of the best. Like, they have invested their lives in this work. And I totally agree with you. Like, um, and we've, uh, the cool thing is that um, we've had success in this in Colombia. So we have seen um, how this work just continues to spread and um, how when local leaders take this on as their own, um, then it, it continues to spread. And that's where I was talking about, like, even through the continent of Africa, like, it's already starting, like, 
people are grabbing on to the trauma-informed care and the TBRI and what that does because it really makes such a huge impact on the future of these kids. And you were saying, sharing all these statistics, and that's what this breaks. It breaks that cycle in their life where they do turn to other things to deal with all that's happened to them. So it's so... Um, I just, it's so incredible to watch, and I'm just so proud of our team there and all the work they've done, and you and everybody here stateside that's been supporting them. But So how um, can people be involved in supporting the House of Hope, like moving forward into the future? Yeah, I mean, well, first and foremost, uh, of course, here at AGCI, we believe in the power of prayer, and if you, if all of you who are listening can just be praying for our team um, as we enter into this new work, I, you know, I speak confidently about the work that we're doing and about the staff, but that's not to say that there will be challenges. There's going to be a lot of challenges. So if you could pray for our team on the ground, if you could pray specifically for the girls that are in the home, um, this is a safe space for them, but, um, it's another change and another trauma in their lives to be transitioning from place to place. And mm-hmm. uh, these girls have gone through way too much life already at their young ages and to be just to pray for healing and to pray for transformation and um, to pray for restoration in their lives and in their lives of their family. Because if we can change one life and if we can impact community, then we can change generations. So even just one life. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, prayer is the biggest one right now, uh, but just to be thinking about us and, you know, sharing what's going on with AGCI with your friends and family. I mean, we, um, we think that, like I said, we believe in this work and we're excited to, to invite you all into this and um, share updates and just continue to stay involved, pray and stay involved is what I yes. would love to see. So. Oh, totally. And I, I would also all like mention, because this is the side that I work on. <laughs> so I would also say, like, we need sustainable funding, like yearly funding moving into the future. Um, we're so thankful that we're funded for this year. We've had incredible support. Um, I didn't mention yet, but we're um, working with the team, Tim Tebow Foundation. They have joined us in in this, but we still need sustainable yearly support that's coming in from families. So if you're inspired, please um, pray about it, think about it, and and talk to whoever you need to in your family about what it would look like um, to uh, have the House of Hope become a part of your own family and, and even your own family's legacy and what that would look like, because this is important work. And I really, um, I believe in this so much as something that um, will make really um, true, a true impact on a country because it's, it's something that they're spearheading, um, which changes everything. So thank you seriously, Angeline. I just love you and admire you so much and believe in everything that you do. And I know your heart and I just, um, 
want to thank you for taking the time to jump on and share with everyone. Um, and I know it's getting a little later there in Ethiopia, <laughs> but our Wi-Fi held out like for the most part, which is just miraculous. I could literally spend all day talking to you. You're probably like, that's okay, Marissa. Thank you. <laughs> no way. No but, way, Marissa. You know, I wish you were here with me right now. I, have I wish I was. Ugh, all of our moments in Ethiopia, I cherish and <laughs> the team misses you. We all, we all miss you. Aww. We can't wait till you get to be back on the ground to see the work. And I can't you're wait. obviously one of my favorite people to talk to about this because I know you're hard in this too. And I know your, your hope for preservation for families and, and all that you are, <laughs> you just embody that. So thank you for taking the time to meet with me too. And yeah, what a God thing to have Wi-Fi just, we, we, you and I, we took a little bit of a risk here with yes. that and somehow it, somehow it panned out. So even that we're going to say, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> it worked exactly. out. Well, I love you so much. And now I'm all emotional. So thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you, Marissa. I can't wait to see you when I'm back. Same. All right. Love you. That was Angeline Salyer, AGCI's Ethiopia Program Director. To find out how you can support the House of Hope directly or read or watch even more stories, head to our website at allgodschildren.org. If you'd like to stay up to date on what exactly we need prayer for, we would love for you to join our prayer team. Just head to our website, scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page, and tap on prayer team. You can join that from there and stay up to date on everything. Thank you so much for listening to Together by AGCI. If you liked what you heard, make sure to follow us and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram at All God's Children. I look forward to sharing another story of hope the next time we're together. Bye-bye.